Hey, dads, it's really good to see you. I know you may not hear this a lot, but we want you to know how important it is that you're here. You don't have an easy job. Being a dad comes with incredible challenges, and sometimes it's hard to know if you're doing it right. But you should know that being here right now is such an important part. In the Bible, God gave us this command. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and might. These words should be in your heart. You should teach them to your children. You should talk of them when you're sitting at home and when you're out in public. You should speak of them from the time you wake up in the morning until the time you fall asleep at night. So what does it mean to be a good father? It means loving God with all of your heart, soul, and might, and teaching your children to do the same. And it's such a great example that you're here today, seeking more of Jesus and worshiping Him unashamed. The kids here see you. The young men and women are watching, and as they continue to grow, they'll remember and do the same. So thanks, dads. Thank you for your presence and example. We pray that God will bless you, renew your spirit, and draw you closer to Him so you can continue to be a shining influence to all those around you. Happy Father's Day! Shepherd, welcome to Digital Worship This Week. I'm Pastor John Carolis, one of our associate pastors here at Shepherd, and we're continuing in our summer series, Planted, looking at Jesus' teachings on the kingdom of God and also in life through the work of parables. As we remember from the week's previous, parables are either sayings or stories that need a little bit further explanation to prove their point. And for that reason, they have a timeless quality to them. We can return to these parables again and again and continue to glean wisdom and knowledge and insight from them as we look at our lives and try to consider how God is instructing us to take steps toward Him each and every day. The next two weeks, we're going to hear some of the shortest parables that are in existence, the shortest parables that are in the Gospel of Matthew. They're paired right next to each other, but we're going to split them up and give each of them their own attention as we strive to understand how God is instructing His people and giving us a picture of what the kingdom of God is and how it works through these pretty uh, simple examples, agricultural example today, as we look at how Jesus explains the kingdom of heaven is like uh, a mustard seed planted into the ground that grows into a mustard plant. It's a couple of verses long, but it gives us a a beautiful picture of how the kingdom of God works and looks differently than how the world uh, would would seem to make things work. The world tells us, uh, you're going to work hard, you're going to work and make the right decisions, and very quickly your kingdom will expand. Your your assets are going to double or triple in size. If you want to be wealthy, you've got to make the right decisions now and build that up quickly so that over the course of time you can enjoy the benefits of your hard work. And again, as we look at the kingdom of God, as we look at these examples Jesus gives us, we have to understand that in this world, Jesus doesn't have to play by the rules that we're conditioned to believe exist. Jesus doesn't play by the rules that uh, explain economic growth and explain transactional relationships as as they exist. No, in the kingdom of God, Jesus is in charge. He calls the shots, and so often his authority flips our expectations on their head, and we start to understand that he works in ways that are different from what the world tells us we should do. 
And when we understand that difference, it gives us a beautiful picture of how we can understand our relationship with God and how we, how we can function as his children, function as citizens in his kingdom in a world that doesn't necessarily understand that's, how the way, that's the way that he has set things up to be. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 13 today and see how that contrasts with the way that the world would expect us to be functioning and then also encourages us to live out our lives of faith as well. From Matthew 13, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nest in its branches. This picture of the kingdom of God that Jesus gives us, the mustard plant itself, has a couple of principles that fly in the face of our worldly expectations. First of all, the, the first thing that takes place in this little story is that the seed is planted in the ground. It's not accountable for its own placement in the ground. It's not accountable. It doesn't deserve the credit for being the one that put itself in the right position. No, the farmer came along and planted the seed in the ground. So the first step and the first thing we need to realize is that when God's in charge, he's the one that does the work. He is the one that creates the environment where growth is able to take place. Rather than us expecting that we should be in charge of every single environmental decision we make and, and being the one to take credit for all of the advantages we gain in life, we need to recognize that if we are participants in the kingdom of God, this is something that he is establishing and he is putting together. Secondly, it's the tiniest of seeds. This is used more as kind of a rhetorical expression, a conversational piece rather than a scientific fact. There are smaller seeds out there than mustard seeds. But to people who are used to agriculture, who are walking around that aren't necessarily farmers by trade, but are familiar with different plants and, and, and different uh, elements of horticulture, if you will, uh, there's a recognition that mustard seeds are very small. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, and it's 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 notable because you would think that the kingdom of God, this eternal kingdom, this rule and reign of God that has all sovereignty, would take the place of something more significant, more noticeable than a tiny seed that you wouldn't know if you had 10 in your pocket and one fell out. You wouldn't notice the difference. They're so small. And yet Jesus is saying it's a lot like that. It's planted in the ground. It's small. It's unassuming. You don't necessarily know what it's going to produce. But all of a sudden, after the time and environmental things that take place for the seed to be able to grow, it's developed into this plant that has room for others in it. It grows into be a home for all kinds of birds. It grows to be a place where birds can find shelter that are of different species and they have their needs met through the food that it provides off of its own fruit, the fruit of its own growth. And so we see that this seed is planted by God. We see that it's the small, unassuming thing at first. And in the end, it has room for all kinds of people. In other words, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God may not be like what you expect if you're looking at how organizations and how movements grow in the world. We'd like to think that uh, if we take our effort and apply it in a way and take something with a lot of promise, something with a lot of potential, something that when you look at it seems to have a lot of promise, and we apply our efforts the right way, it's going to become something where people that we anticipate, that we expect, people maybe a lot like us are going to find a place to fulfill and satisfy their needs. And so when we go into that project, we go into that, uh, we go into that design, we like to think that, okay, I've got a lot of control over how this thing is going to work, and I've got a lot of um, 
pretty reasonable expectations as to who's going to be found there and how it's all going to work. And Jesus says, actually, take your expectations and push them off to the side for now because the kingdom of God is a lot different than that. The kingdom of God is a place where people from all kinds of different backgrounds are going to find a place to be cared for and sheltered by their God. The kingdom of God is is the kind of place that grows not on account of its own efforts, but rather the care and provision of, first of all, the, the seed being planted in the ground and then God taking care of it through environmental care of rain, of sunshine, and it grows into a place where because of God's work on it, because of his own actions, it now is a place that can handle taking care of all kinds of different people. And so in the kingdom of God, which we recognize is made manifest on the earth today in the church itself, we can see as we look at the church, there's room for all kinds of different Christians, people with all kinds of different backgrounds, people with different levels of of maturity in their faith, people that come from churchy backgrounds and unchurched backgrounds, people that come from uh, Christian families and other systems of religion when we meet in a place where the word of God is preached in its faithfulness and purity, where the gifts of God are distributed according to the commands that Jesus himself gave, where people are open to being transformed by the spirit on them. We find ourselves in a place that isn't something any of us could have created. Instead, we find ourselves in a place that God created that seemed to maybe come out of nothing. And yet here in this place, there is room for each of us to be cared for by our God, to be, uh, to be encouraged by one another, even though we may not know exactly how each other got to be where we are. And in getting to know one another through developed relationships, through cultivating ourselves in a humble way, we find ourselves participants, birds in the mustard plant, if you will, on branches close to those that look a lot different than us, that sound a lot different than us. The kingdom of God is more like that than this predictable, systematic progression idea that we have because of the way the world works in which we live and move. The kingdom of God doesn't play by the same rules. Jesus explains that because of God's work on the world, because of his intentions for his people to reconcile himself to them, to open up a relationship with his people, the kingdom of God is going to be a lot more like a plant that you can't take a lot of credit for having grown. And the birds come in and... and Just so you know, we are the birds in this story. The birds come into the plant. They were not responsible for watering it, for making sure it had the things it needed to grow. They are strictly beneficiaries of the growth of the plant. It humbles us to realize that even when we are a part of the church growing, even when we are a part of the legacy of this particular church being in this particular place, when it comes down to it, we can't take the credit, we can't take the responsibility for being the ones who put it all together. God's work on the church makes a place for you and me, and we find ourselves enjoying His provision, His security. We find ourselves enjoying a place that we can call home because of His care for us. These little pictures, which is a couple of verses long, uh, give us an idea and a perspective into the heart of God. He invites us to think bigger than we would expect. He intends for us to walk humbly, just like a little seed planted in the ground, unassuming. He invites us to live like that, to stop assuming that we will become this grand, amazing thing. And all along the way, through His work, through His intentions, through His efforts, we become a church that is home for all kinds of different people. We begin to realize the humble part that we play in inviting others into this relationship with God. And even though we may have been here our entire lives, we are birds on the branch rather than the branch itself. 
recognizing that all of us receive our gifts from God our Father. All of us can embrace one another in the Spirit of God that He calls us into a relationship with Him. All of this because of the work of that great teacher, Jesus Himself, the one who provided this picture for us, the one who provided this parable for us because of His efforts, because of His walk, because of His work. We enjoy the relationship with God that you and I can understand just like birds living in a garden plant, as people living in a a home, a congregation, a gathering of people connected to God our Father. The parable of the mustard seed shows us that we can't always predict and expect and know exactly how God's going to work, but we do know that when He works, places are created where we can call, uh, places are created that we can call home. Places are created that we can come into and call the people that are gathered there our brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God is a place that may not have come into existence the way that the world would have expected it to, and yet every single time, at every single level, it can give God the credit for providing everything they needed, everything it consists of, a place where we can be encouraged, a place where we can be supported, a place where we can be known, a place where we can be protected by our God. The kingdom of heaven is a lot like that, and it's a, it's a kingdom that is not coming to us in the next life, and it's full of sense, of course, it will be that. But even today, when we're invited into this relationship with Jesus, we find ourselves among the many birds that call this mustard plant, this church home, provided by God as a result of His effort, as a result of His work, and we are simply those receiving His good gifts. It's all because of God. And that's what being planted in our faith really points us back to. So though we may live in a world that pushes us to take credit for everything that we have in our lives, the kingdom of God flips that expectation on our heads, on its head, and and, and tells us we can look to God and say, thank you for everything you have provided. As we uh, make our way through the Gospel of Matthew, hopefully this uh, parable conversation invites you to a deeper place in your faith. And I look forward to walking with you next week as well. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.
God, you are my father. Because of the sacrifice of your son, because of your grace and mercy, and forgiveness of my sin. Speaking as your son on Father's Day, I've come to ask you for help for the son you've given me. Please make him hungry for wisdom every day. Cause him to quickly lose his appetite for the foolishness of the world. Help him to recognize your power in all that you've made and to grasp the meaning of love you showed him on the cross. Give him the courage to escape the sins that will trap him and the pride that will blind him to his need for you. Bring him to the moment where he will fix his eyes on Jesus and begin to run the race you've marked out for him. Thank you for making a way for my son to be your son. Help him to become the man you mean for him to be. Yeah. 